You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to those of you that are mothers. (laughs) I'm so thankful that you are here today. Uh, I am so glad that we can come together to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so whether you are here for the very first time or my dear brothers and sisters that are here every week, uh, thank you for being here. And, And I'm so glad that you are here. Um, it is Mother's Day, or at least the day that we take here uh, to especially remember our mothers. And yet as we thank God for our mothers today, we also want to remember that uh, Mother's Day is not always a pleasant day for everybody. Mother's Day can bring about harsh memories, hurtful memories, uh, feelings of loss and of grief. And so, if you are here today and uh, you are grieving, if you are here today and uh, today brings up a lot of hurtful memories, I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to know that God knows your hurts, God knows uh, your pain, and uh, He loves you. And uh, we are here today to, to also let you know that we love you here at Northwest and we encourage you today. And, um, and so, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we praise you because you are God Almighty. You created the heavens and the earth. And God, you created each one of us. God, I thank you that you planned for us before we were even born. I I thank you, God, for your great love, for your amazing grace and your mercy that you demonstrated to us through your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who came, lived a perfect life, a sinless life, who 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 died a horrific death on the cross and who conquered the grave and, and, and rose from the dead so that we might be forgiven of our sins and have the blessed assurance of eternal life. God, I thank you for today that we can gather together and worship to you. Thank you today that we also give thanks and remember our, our mothers and how what a blessing they are to each one of us. And God, not just our biological mothers, but God, those who are like a mother to us in so many different ways. And yet, God, I also pray for my brothers and sisters who may be hurting as they consider the impact or the influence that mothers may have had or or not had in their lives. And God, I lift them up to you. I pray that any 
that anything we do today, God, I pray that it, it points to you. And I pray that you would remind each one of us, God, of, of how you are our perfect heavenly Father. You are the one and only true living God. You are the one that loves us perfectly and planned for us perfectly. And so, God, I pray that today all that we do would be honoring and glorifying to you. God, speak to us and help us to listen. Help us to learn. Help us to grow, to know you, to know your love, and to love you and to make you known. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much again for being here today. You know, today is Mother's Day, and uh, I am so thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my mother, Mother Marianne. She's not here today, uh, but I'm also thankful for the mother of my four children. And her name is Debbie. Is she in here? She's not in here, but you guys can tell her everything that I'm about to say. <clears throat> Please do that, every single one of you. Uh, I'm thankful for Debbie uh, because... Uh, one of the things that I appreciate about her the most is, is, is how she exemplifies the love of Jesus Christ to our children. And one specific way that she does that is, is how she makes it a priority to have meaningful conversation with them, to help them to understand biblical truth. And ultimately, one of the most the things I appreciate most about her is how Debbie talks with our children to help them understand who God created them to be. You know, for Debbie and I, kind of our, our parenting perspective was changed forever through one little interaction that we had. Uh, and actually, it wasn't an interaction that we had. It was through an interaction that we observed someone else having with our daughter. And let me, I've, I've shared this before, but I want to tell you again. There was one day when, when our daughter w- was very young. And uh, someone was visiting, another pastor, and, and they had just a very brief interaction with our daughter. And it, was, it went like this. Uh, they, they met our daughter, and, and uh, this pastor friend said, Hannah, you, you are such a beautiful girl. Do you know why you are beautiful? Have you ever asked your kids that? Why you're so handsome? Why you're so beautiful? Why you're so smart? Uh, she just, she paused, right? And she didn't really have an answer for that question. <laughs> Anna, do you know why you're so beautiful? Said, she said, yeah, because my dad's so handsome. <laughs> no, she didn't say that, all right? If anything, she'd say, it's because of my mom. Um, But then that pastor friend took the opportunity to speak truth into her life. He said, you are beautiful, Hannah, because God made you that way. I sat back and I was just blown away. I'm like, oh, why are you the first person to tell Hannah that? (laughs) I told her that she's beautiful every day, but I never said it's because God made you that way. Not because you combed your hair a certain way or put it up in a ponytail a certain way or because you put makeup on or because of your outfit. Hannah, you are beautiful because that's how God made you. See, one of the greatest tasks of life is figuring out who you are, isn't it? What's your identity? Discovering who God made you to be. 
Because this is such an important thing to consider because how you see yourself affects everything else about your life. How you see yourself, your identity affects your relationships, it affects your happiness, it affects your stress levels, it determines your success level in life. It affects every single thing. And we all know, I don't know, many of you, most of you can think back to to when you started to think about why, what's the purpose of your life, or, or why you're here on this earth, or who are you. It starts at a very young age, doesn't it? It started way back when you were in elementary school and you're trying to figure out who you are, what you are, and what are you supposed to be? What are you supposed to be doing? How are you supposed to act? How are you supposed to think? It started when we were young and it continues throughout the rest of our lives. Some of us are still sitting here after years and decades still wondering, why am I here? Why, do I have, why am I alive? Is there any purpose for my life? Adults. Grandparents, dads, moms, aunties, uncles, our kids, our children are being hit with challenges and issues that affect their faith. They're faced with these challenges every day. And here's the thing. We are responsible for helping equip and prepare them to deal with these challenges. We, uh, as the church body, the family, the body of Christ, we are responsible with helping our children to know and discover who God created them to be. We are not just called on this earth as parents to help our children to live a successful life on earth. Unless your definition of living a successful life on earth means helping them to know, to love, And to worship and follow Jesus Christ. We have a great challenge. Dear church. We have a great challenge parents. Moms. Dads. And yet we have everything that we need. To address and to face these challenges. We have everything that we need to help our children to know and discover who God created them to be. Because we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit in us through faith in Jesus Christ. We have God. And so, yes, we can help our children get to know who God created them to be. And see, this week we're starting this new series. We're taking a break from the study of the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to take these next six weeks or so to talk about stuff that matters with our kids. And you might be just tuning me out automatically saying, Pastor Steve, I don't have any children. Well, I will tell you this. Please wake up. Please listen. Please open your eyes. Open your ears. Because these truths are also for you. And if you don't have biological children of your own, if you don't have children in your care, you have children that are around you. You know children. You're related to children. And not only that, But you have people sitting next to you right now that are asking this same question. Why am I alive? What is God's purpose for me? What is God's plan for my life? And so, dear friend, I encourage you. Let's look at what God says about our identity and our purpose. 
And let's use what we learn from God's word to encourage one another, the people around us. Let's use God's word to encourage the children and the people around us. And I apologize for that slide. Um, Because I did not send it to our team early enough so that they can make sure that when they put it up there that it looks okay. Because it looked great on my computer screen. Uh, but when we transfer it over, I know it sometimes needs to be adjusted, so I apologize, AV team. That is completely my fault. But what that's supposed to say, it's, it's the title for our series for the next month and a half. Talk about stuff that matters with your kids. All right? You can move off that slide so we can stop staring at it. <laughs> and we can move off of that slide. <clears throat> And we can stay on this slide. All right? These truths are for everybody. Not just children that I'm going to be talking about. Students, please, wake up, get off your phones, just like last week. Pay attention. These truths are for you uh, from young to old. We need to know for ourselves what is it that we believe and why do we believe. And so that's why I'm going to take time in this next month and a half or so to talk about different topics that are on the minds and the hearts and that are essential for the development and the success of our children. And parents, if you haven't had these conversations with your children, let's start. These aren't the only topics to talk about because I don't have enough time in my life to talk about every topic that's important in the world. But these are some. Maybe this is a starting point for you, dear mother or father as you're seeking to help your children to have a successful life, there is no success outside of Jesus Christ. And so let's start with this. Let's start by helping one another and our children know their true identity and purpose that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. Here's part of the challenge that we face. Satan is constantly working and and, and can... And conniving, trying to dissuade us and distract us and deceive us from the truth of God, from the truth of God's word. We are in a spiritual battle. Satan doesn't want us to know our true identity and our purpose that's found in God's word and who God created us to be. And he's using all kinds of tools, right? Our broken flesh fights against us. Satan is out there prowling like a lion waiting to pounce and deceive us. We're being bombarded with lies from this world who doesn't follow Jesus Christ or believe that in God's word. We hear opinions from this person and that person. Even us as parents, we bombard our children with messages, their peers, their friends, your partners, your your co-workers, whoever it is, your classmates. Day after day, we're bombarded with people that want us to conform to this or to that. Right? We experience hurt. We experience pain. We're exposed to to media and social media. We see everybody. Social media, what does that do? It's, It's given us a glimpse into everybody's life, right? But what a lot of us don't know, and students especially, young people, I want you to know this. Everything that you see on social media is not true. Everything that people post on Instagram, 
or on TikTok about how great their lives are is not true. And not only that, you are not created to be like that person on Instagram. You are created to be you. You are created to live out and do the things that God created for you to do. Not that person that has one billion followers and views. You are not created to be that person. So get to know who God created you to be. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. All right, that came out okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. You see, this is not a new idea, right? That in order to know who we are, in order to know our true identity and our purpose in this life, we need to get to know our Creator. And we need to look at what He says. Right? That's only logical. If you believe that God created you, then we need to go to God to find out what, it is, what our purpose is and, and who we are. But this is not a new idea. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So the only way that you're ever going to know who you are and what the purpose is of your life, students, friends, the only way that you're going to know your identity and the purpose of your life is when you look to Jesus. Because he created you. How many of us created ourselves? Anybody? Thank you for not raising your hand. Thank you for not at least admitting that you think you created yourself. The truth is, Even if you don't believe that God created you, somebody else, something else created you. You didn't create yourself. And I'm here to to tell you, I believe that God created each one of us. And so on your journey to find out who you are, your identity and purpose, I encourage you, start by looking to God's word. Start there. I'm not telling you you have to believe it. But start there. I challenge you, look at God's word. Because I believe that when you look at the very first book, in the very first verse of the Bible, right, it tells us that in the beginning, God created. God created you. And so the only way you're ever going to know the purpose for your life, the only way that you're going to be able to make sense of everything that you are and everything that you go through is only when you look to God and his word. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So this brings us to that main truth, the key, that the truth for life that I want us to meditate on and think about as we're studying uh, through these passages this morning. If you can go back to that slide that says truth for life and you can look in your bulletin and your outline. In Christ alone do you find your true identity and purpose. Friends, don't forget this. Please remember this. In Christ alone will you find your true identity and purpose. It's in Christ that you find who you are. And it's in Christ that we find out what in this world you are made to do. 
And so, the first truth, first encouragement for you to consider is this. In Christ, in Christ I am chosen, I am loved, and I am accepted. That first truth that I want you to know as you think about your identity and your purpose is this. In Christ I am chosen, I'm loved, and I am accepted. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure, excuse me, and will. See, the Bible tells us, God tells us that he created the entire universe. God tells us That he created each one of us because he wanted a family. He wanted us to know him and to love him and to know his love. You see, and that's why God sent his one and only son, Jesus. If you really think about it, have you ever wondered why God sent Jesus to his one and only son to die on that cross? To die a horrific death? To be tortured and ridiculed? Why would anyone want to send anyone they love, to die a horrific death. God did that because he loves you. Did you know that? Students, if you didn't know it before, I want you to know this today. You are loved. God loves you. And he showed you his love by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to save you and I from our sin. Because here's the thing. Well, how does that show God's love? Yes, he sacrificed his son, but what's the purpose of that? Well, did you know all of us are sinners? All of us aren't perfect. We all fall short of God's perfect standard. And do you know what the penalty for sin is? God tells us that the penalty for sin is death. Separation from God for the rest of forever. So if you think about it, if God created us to know us and to know him and to know his love and to love him, and our sin separates us from God... God made a way for us to be reunited with him. That's why he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die. So that you and I could be forgiven of our sin. So that we could be reunited with our heavenly father, with our creator once again. And yes, when you look at this passage, it reminds us, right? We were chosen before time began. And not only that, you are chosen because the motivation for that choosing, that motivation for God wanting to save you and, pre- and, and bring you in as part of his family, because he loves you. You are chosen. How many of you know what it's like to be not chosen? I do. How many of you have ever been chosen last to be on a team? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I'll raise my hand. I've been chosen last many times for almost anything you can think of. It's not a great feeling. But I want you to know this, dear friends. Young people, God chose you. God chose you because he loves you. God chose to save you. My brothers, my sisters, those of you who have put your faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that we would never think of ourselves too mature 
to not keep studying and be reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To never get to a point in our faith where we say, Oh, Pastor Steve, I know that. I'm saved. God loves me. I don't need to hear that anymore. Brothers and sisters, remember that God shows you and he loves you. And remember that you are accepted by God because of what he did by sending his son Jesus to pay the price for your sin. You see, God knew and planned for us before we were even born. We all know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Why did he send his son? Why does he offer us everlasting life? Because he loves us. I will never forget a teenager sharing with me that they've never heard anybody tell them that they love them. I will never forget that moment when a teenager told me, Steve, nobody has ever said that they love me. Immediately I said to them, God loves you. I love you. God, in Christ, in Christ, you are chosen, you are loved, you are accepted. Secondly, in Christ, in Christ you know your value and your worth. Think about it, if you hadn't been chosen by God, do you think you'd be alive right now? If God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, if God created and planned for everything, do you think you'd be alive right now if God didn't plan for you, if God didn't choose you? Not a chance. Students, friends, brothers and sisters, God does not make mistakes. There is no chance in God's kingdom for God planned for you and for me. God chose you and me. God created you and I. And therefore, if God created you, you need to know that God does not create junk. God does not create garbage. Because God created me. That was a joke. Okay, no, God created each one of us. We are all valuable and we are people of worth because we are all created in the image of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23 You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. And see, this was an encouragement from the Apostle Paul. Remember how God demonstrated his love to you. Remember at what price that you were bought with. And yes, there's this imagery of of a slave and a master. And it's not condoning slavery. But the point of this passage is, remember how God showed his love To you and to me. He died for you. He gave everything for you and for me so that we could be with him. Remember that your life is not an accident. Remember that you are not alive because of circumstance or happenstance or because of any kind of chance. You are only alive because Christ planned for you and he died for you. You are bought at a price. And think about our world today. In our world today, ownership does matter, doesn't it? Even our kids, they learn it from an early age. That's mine! Don't touch that! That's mine! Give it back! 
That's mine. Think about the stuff that you have. Think about the stuff that you have that you value. Is it easy for you to let go of it? Is it easy for you to let it get destroyed? Is it easy for you to let someone steal it from you? No, right? That's why we spend so much money on cameras and security. That's why we have all these things. And it's also for protection and safety and care for people. But it's because we want to care for the things and the people that we value, right? That's why we have security. That's why we take certain precautions. Think about God and how he loves you. Think about how valuable you are to God. Why would God send his one and only son to die for you? That's because you're valuable to him. And honestly, when I think about that, I don't know if I would be able to give one of my four children to save all of you. Just to be very honest. I don't know if I could give one of my four children to save every single one of you. But God gave his one and only son. Earlier I was reading a testimony of a woman sharing about her mother who's dealing with Alzheimer's, losing her memory. And this woman writes this, I want to share it with you, about the experience that she has caring for her mother. Uh, I can relate to this. Many of you can relate. She writes this, my mom is 95 and is in the last stages of Alzheimer's. She's really a shell of, her per, of the person that she used to be. She was a vibrant woman. She was an excellent Bible teacher. My dad was a pastor, and she was an amazing pastor's wife, a creative and warm. And she was one of those ladies that, you know, they always say her house was so clean that you could eat off the floor. That was my mom. She was just built that way she was just always always busy and now at 95 in the last stages of alzheimer's it's impossible to have much of a rational conversation with her because her little sentence loop is about 15 sentences 15 seconds long 15 seconds that's when she'll forget what she just said and most of the time she lives with disillusions and and thinks that she's being kidnapped and that people are trying to kill her And the caregivers are just being nice to her, but they're going to hurt her behind closed doors. She's in a wheelchair because her legs won't hold her up anymore. She needs help with hygiene. She needs help with dressing herself. She can't teach the Bible studies anymore. She can't even read the Bible because the Bible in any other book doesn't make any sense to her. And so in society's eyes, my mother's worth and value is declining by the day. And she feels it. She knows it. And in some of her coherent moments, she's able to say, I wish I could just die. I just wish I could die. Life is not how it used to be. I can't do anything for anybody anymore. And so, my main task with my mom these days is to remind her every day that she has been stamped with the image of God. That the image of God she bears. She bears a divine spark. She matters. She is a person. She has value. She has worth. And even though she can't contribute in the ways that she had done all of her life, her life still matters. 
And that is not only how we treat those who are weak and vulnerable, vulnerable because they've all been stamped by the image of God. But this is how we are to treat and value one another. This is how we are to look at each other and to know our identity and purpose. We are created by God, for God, by God. Sorry, I added that. No matter if the person that you're looking at is doing something heinous, horrible, terrible, criminal, evil, and deserves some sort of punishment or some sort of consequence for their behavior, this woman writes, every single person, even at our very worst, maintains the spark of the divine, maintains the image of God. We find our identity and purpose in Jesus Christ alone. Every single one of us is valuable. Dear student, young person, look at me. Remember this. You are valuable. Your life matters. Third, in Christ, I find what I was created to do. And I want you to know, dear friends, you are not an accident. There may be accidental parents there, you're, actually, there may be people who think they're accidentally parents, but you are not accidents. Children, there may be people that say that you are an accident. You need to understand that you are not an accident. You may be told that you are Ill- illegitimate. You are not illegitimate. There are no illegitimate people in God's family. God created and planned for you. If your heart is beating, if you're breathing, you have a purpose and an identity that can only be found when you get to know Jesus Christ and what he says about you. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I want you to know, look at this passage. It says another word, another translation for handiwork is masterpiece. How many of you appreciate art? Three people. Well, to you three people, you will know what a masterpiece is. You are God's masterpiece. You are something that's worth, you are something that's priceless. There is no amount of money in this world that could be enough to pay for you. No matter what the world may say, oh, you're not worth anything. Oh, you're only worth this much. Oh, that person is worth more than you. In God's eyes, you are priceless. You are one of a kind. And I'm not just saying that as a pastor. This is what God says right here. You are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. You are created by in Jesus Christ to do good work which God prepared in advance for you to do. Not only are you valuable, not only do you find your identity in Jesus Christ, but you find out what you were created to do when you look to Jesus. You're God's masterpiece. You know, I know our world today, there's going to be a lot of definitions for success most, but here's the truth. Most people have no idea what real success is. Some people may think that success means to make a lot of money. But here's the thing. You can make a lot of money but still be a complete failure, can't you? 
Some people think that, that being famous means success. But you can be famous and still be a total failure and waste your life. Some people think that having a lot of power or having a lot of whatever it is you can think of in this world means success. But I tell you that there is no success apart from Jesus Christ. Real success is knowing and worshiping and loving and following Jesus Christ all the way to heaven. The Bible tells us what real success is. God tells us what real success is. Real success is being who God made you to be. Where the world will put you down. Dear brothers and sisters, dear children, just know. People will bully you. People will will put you down. People will mock you and make fun of you and yell at you and want to hurt you. But that's when you need to know what the truth is. That's when you need somebody to tell you that's a lie. Look at what God says. He created you. Listen to what he says. So friends, know that God created you to do things. And so now is the time to figure out what it is that he created you to do. And yeah, he tells us in his word, so I encourage you, now is the time to start. Every day that you miss out on doing what God has called you to do is another day that you're missing out. Some of you have the fear of missing out. I pray that that's the fear of missing out on what God has planned for you to do. And not on what that other person is doing. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't be afraid of missing out on what that other person is doing. Be afraid of missing out on what God has created you to do. Don't be afraid. Just go. Just try. Serve the Lord. Look at God's scripture. Look at his commands and think about and pray about God. How can I live out this command? How can I live in obedience to you? How can I love somebody? How can I, who do you want me to forgive today? God, who can I tell Jesus about today? Because I believe you're going to save someone. Fourth, last thing. In Christ, I'm totally forgiven and free. In Christ, I am totally forgiven and free. I want you to know, anyone who has come to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you need to understand, in Christ, you are forgiven and you are free. Your sins are no longer held against you in Jesus Christ. You are no longer condemned in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, your future is not hell anymore. It's now heaven with Jesus. And it starts now because he's with you now when you put your trust in him as your Lord and your Savior. Parents, our children need to learn this today. Will you prioritize it? Will you talk about it? Will you talk about the truths of God? Will you write them on your doorpost? Will you post them up on the bathroom mirror? Will you teach your kids the truth in this world that's full of lies? And anything that I share with you, I'm talking to myself too. I need help. And I need help to teach my children what is true about who they are in Jesus Christ. In Christ, I'm totally free and I'm totally forgiven. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. I want to end with this. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In Jesus, we have been redeemed. We have been bought. We have been bought by a price. And that price was his shed blood, his life, sacrifice on that cross. And because he did that on that cross, Jesus brings, offers forgiveness of our sins to all those who believe in accordance. What is it? Look at that last part of that verse. In accordance. That means according to the riches of God's grace. That means God planned. That means God chose. That means God prepared. And that means God acted. And that means God, when we're talking about God's grace, what is God's grace? God's grace is his divine blessing offered to you and for me. Regardless of anything you can or can't do, grace means getting something that you don't deserve. And Jesus dying on the cross to save you from your sin, that's God's grace. Dear friends, God planned for you. Many many of you maybe even live in life not knowing what your purpose is, not knowing who you are, maybe questioning or doubting who you are. I want to encourage you. Look to what God says. And I want, dear parents, dear aunties, uncles, grandparents, cousins, brothers, sisters, there are people all around that need to hear the truth of God's word and who God created them to be. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, there's somebody next to you that needs to hear it today. And so I pray that you would not stop proclaiming the truth of God's word to the people around you, to your family, to your children, to your cousins, to your relatives, to your neighbors and co-workers, that Jesus Christ would be lifted up, that all people would be drawn to Jesus and would be saved and their lives would be changed forever. This is my prayer for each one of us here. This is my prayer for you students, you young people. This is the prayer for my children. And so, dear church, would you pray for me? That God would help me to help raise my children to know him and to love him and to make him known. And I pray that together we would not stop doing this until we see Jesus face to face. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for being a gracious and loving God. God, I pray that uh, each one of us would know who you created us to be, that we would find our identity and our purpose in you alone, that we would not be persuaded by the lies or the other, all these different messages of the world or that I, even our own families might be telling us. God, I pray that we would take any message that, that's thrown at us and that we would take it to your word and that we would search your scriptures, your truth, and that we would conform any lie and, and we would conform it to your truth. And God, that we would instead fill our minds and our hearts with your word, your truth, and that we would stand firm upon it. God, and I pray that we would live in light of your truth and that our lives would never be the same after we know, God, that you are the one. You are the one that created us. You are the one that saves us. Then you are the one who is our only hope, our only joy, our only peace. God, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing this song. And if if you want to respond to God in any certain way, maybe you want to put your trust in Jesus Christ for the very first time. Maybe you, you understand that, you know what, I need you, God. I need you, Jesus, to save me. I want to have this new life. I want to live a life of purpose. I want to live a life standing upon your truth. 
I want to encourage you as we sing this song, come up to the front, come share that with me so that I can pray with you and encourage you. Brother or sister, if you want to just come and pray for your family, pray for, for those that are lost in your family, that they would be saved, or pray that God would use you to help save them, God, I want to encourage you to come and pray, or come share that with me so that we can pray together as we sing this song. Would you come?
encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.